Blog Talk Radio.
I am Jehovah, the mighty God.
kinds of things. But he looked at Jesus, and then he looked at himself, and he could see that he had gone very wrong. He deserved to die for what he had done, but Jesus had done no wrong. He didn't deserve to die. But you see, the Lord had mercy on him. See, when we change our direction, when we start looking at God and then looking at ourselves and then looking back to God for the answers and solutions that we need, life changes for us. And if you have never called on Jesus Christ to save your soul, if you're not sure this is what you ought to do, then you say, Lord Jesus, the one that hung on Calvary and died, I ask you to come save my soul. I don't know how to get saved, and I don't know how to be saved, but I know you can fix it, and I'm trusting you to fix it for me. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, if you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and somewhere along the line you got off the track, you can ask the Lord to forgive you too and to get you back on track with him. Amen? You don't have to go to hell because you messed up. People mess up all the time. So God had to make a way for people that mess up to get right again. So you can say the same prayer. You can ask him to forgive all the things you did and the thoughts that led you to messing up. And just like he received the prodigal son, he'll receive you again too. He's married to the backslider. So don't forget that he loves you. No matter what hole you fell into, he knows how to come get you. Amen? Amen. He knows where you are, and he's waiting for you to call out to him. So if you'll do that, he'll come get you right now. Amen? Amen? Don't wait till some tragedy comes. Don't wait till something horrible happens. Don't wait that long. You might not get another chance. You need to tell him right now, Lord, I messed up really bad this time, and I need you. I need you to come help me. I need you to come get me because I'm stuck in this mess. I ask you to forgive me and to put me right with you. Thank you for hearing me and coming to get me. Amen. See, God is merciful. He knew before you were born you was going to mess up, okay? He's not ready to beat you up. He wants to fix you. He knows why you did what you did. Sometimes you don't even know why you did it. But he'll tell you about it if you seek his faith. And he'll help you to straighten up. Sometimes it's a it's a plan of the devil. And sometimes it's a path that our family members left with their sins. And as we was following that path, we fell into the same hole. 
Amen? But Jesus can come get you no matter where you are and no matter what you've done. Just like the man that was hanging on on the cross next to him died. They were both going to die. The one on the other side died too. But you don't have to end up in the same place. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let everybody praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let everybody praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, you know, at the beginning of our church service, we have Holy Communion. We celebrate what Jesus did for us. Amen? Amen. And we hope you want to celebrate too. You see, somebody asked me a question about, well, pastor, um, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to drink uh, grape juice or am I supposed to drink wine? And so I sent them some information about Melchizedek. We talked about him not too long ago. And he brought to Abraham bread and wine. Amen? Amen. It was the fruit of the vine. Well, why wasn't it grape juice? You don't get any joy with that part. <laughs> Let's face it, okay? The exuberance comes with the wine. Furthermore, when Jesus came and died on the cross, all of that substitution stuff came to a halt. See, before they had to go find a lamb that would Spotless. It couldn't have bruises, it couldn't have this, it couldn't have that. And it had to be spotless to be offered to God. See, that was a picture for the Jewish people to see what the Father was doing. He was going to bring the real lamb. The real lamb was Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, who took away all the sins of the world. So when he came, he didn't bring any grape juice. He didn't bring a substitution. He brought the real thing because he's the real deal. Amen? He's the real one. He's the real Lamb of God. And when his blood was shed, that's what made the difference in the world. Okay? We don't do the substitution. We do the real thing. We use real bread because he's not the soda cracker of life. He's the bread of life. Amen? Amen. So we do the real thing because we serve the real Savior. Amen? Amen. Amen. Does everybody understand? Good. Very good. I'm glad everybody got that because... You know, there was this lady one time, and I told her to go get some wine and the bread, you know. And she decided she was going to come back with this non-alcoholic stuff. 
And I'm like, honey, that's not scriptural, dear. <laughs> I made her take it right back to the store and stop trying to rework what, you know, she was one of these people trying to micromanage everything. You tell her, move three steps to the left, and she's going to move two and a half. Okay? So I sent her right back to the store. I said, get your receipt, take it back, and then go do what I told you to do the first time. Amen? Amen. Amen. Whether she understood it or not, I did. So we have a risen Savior, and he's here with us today, and we're going to celebrate him. He said to do this in remembrance of him. Amen. So I'm going to give you a couple of minutes to do your own personal repentance because only you know what you did wrong. Amen? Amen. Amen. Start now. Amen. It would help if I got my Bible. Praise God. Thank you. I just got it. It's brand new. Amen. See, when you come to Jesus and repent of your sins, then you feel all clean on the inside. All clean. All clean, deep down inside. Nothing between your soul and your Savior. Amen? Amen. Amen. Remember you used to feel like gunk long time ago? And that, that feeling stuck with you no matter what you did. You go to church and sit there and try to sing the songs, and you still felt like gunk. And you couldn't figure out why. <laughs> then one day it dawned on you that you needed to walk down that aisle to where that preacher was. And, what, and that day when you finally got that done, all the gunk feeling went away. See, Jesus can make you feel great inside. Amen? Amen. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. Amen. And when he had given thanks, thank you, Lord, he break it. And said, take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me, partake of the bread. All right, Lord. He said, I don't have to floss after this. After 
the same manner also, he took the cup when he had slept, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Thank you, Lord. Partake of the cup. See, the Lord has it. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he comes. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Amen, amen, amen. 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 No flossing right now. Isn't that wonderful? See, when your dental hygienist comes to church, it gets funny. (laughs) The Lord. Heavenly Father. In the name of Jesus, we rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous, for praise is attractive and fitting for the upright. For whosoever offers praise glorifies you. Praise ye the Lord. Sing unto the Lord a new song and give him praise in the congregation of saints. O Lord, you are our God. We will exalt you. We will praise your name, for you have done wonderful things. Your counsels are faithfulness and truth. We are the people who will show forth your praise. We praise you, Lord, for who you are. We praise you for your marvelous works among the children of men. We praise you for your miraculous answers to prayer. We praise you for the solution to difficult issues. We praise you for changing the course of history as it submits to you, to your will, for you alone subdue all things unto yourself. So, Lord, in everything, we thank you. For this is the will of God. In Christ Jesus concerning us. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Father, we want to thank you for this fast. It has left us joyful and happy and exuberant and enjoying life. Amen. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, from our position seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, we bind Satan, the strong man, all of his evil angels, evil spirits, and all demonic agents, all of his underlings, timings, maneuvers, tactics, devices, plans, orders, and we cancel all demonic assignments and satanic agendas against the righteous. We take the territory from Satan in Jesus' name. We bind every form of godliness which denies the power of Jesus Christ. 
We come in agreement with the Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, and we come out of agreement with Satan, his agents, and his powers. We close and seal all portals, all channels, all open doors of access to the enemy. We pull down all demonic thrones. We bind the wicked principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, and all spiritual wickedness in high places. We release the all-consuming fire of God on every ley line, silver cord, and garland. We bind the demons and workers of darkness in the heavenlies, in the bush, and in the deep. We bind rape and murder to its strong men and dethrone them all, chaining them all in eternal chains unto darkness. Praise the Lord, placing them in the custody of the Holy Spirit. We bind the sources of all witchcraft attacks, and we return the attacks unto the heads of the devils that bring them to cling to them for eternity. We bind all trafficking demons, all reporters, watchers, listeners, peeps, whispers, familiar demons, all electronic, digital, technology demons and their attacks, all Leviathan spirits, brainwashing spirits, Kundalini, marine and water spirits, sex devils, unclean spirits, passive devils, sorcery devils, and all of their attacks in Jesus' name. We bind all pain-afflicting spirits, sleep deprivation spirits, artificial intelligence, smart dust, drone spirits in Jesus' name, all seducing, womanizing, whoredom spirits, all the voices of the stranger, the charmer, and the seducer in their attacks, all hypnotic and trance devils in their attacks, all mystic rituals and their intent. We bind all electromagnetic attacks, smart technology and particle attacks, techno-paganism and mind control by the occult. We bind forced feedback, cyber stalking, cyber sex crimes, pornography, cyber sex, demonic curiosity, bewitching spirits which manipulate technology, pulse microwave radiation attacks designed to cause neurological problems, brain injuries, debilitating headaches, vertigo, binding directed energy microwave weapons, and binding all vibrations which are demons. Father, in the name of Jesus, we take authority, dominion, and power over anything stolen from us by a poltergeist spirit. We bind that devil in the name of Jesus Christ, and we command him to bring back what he stole in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father, for our angels extending their fiery swords against that spirit in Jesus' name until it does just what we said in the name of Jesus, and then it is rendered to your feet to be judged before time in Jesus' name. We give you praise, glory, and honor, Father. We thank you that your word is true. We take authority, dominion, and power over all microwave frequency weapons, all 5G and their components, all targeted radio frequencies, pulse weapons and their attacks, all microwave attacks, everything coming off the satellite, off the cell towers, out of our devices in Jesus' name. We bind all debilitating sonic frequencies in Jesus' name. We cut ourselves free from all demonic and satanic technology in the name of Jesus. All demonic and satanic technology in the name of Jesus. We cut ourselves free from that witchcraft in the name of Jesus Christ. That witchcraft, all that witchcraft that comes through technology in Jesus' name. 
Ruka de Debrese Tarabroca de 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 Sete Dabru Runga de Witchcraft coming down the family line. Runa la diosa tarabreca de diosa. Witchcraft. Runa la braca de diosa la diosa tarabreca de diosa ta. Rika, unclean spirit sent through witchcraft. Bound in the name of Jesus. Come out of God's people. Unclean spirit sent through witchcraft. Bound in the name of Jesus. Come out of God's people. Come out of God's people. Unclean spirit. Set through witchcraft. Unclean devils. Attempting to violate and corrupt the temple of God. You're bound in Jesus' name. Come on out. Come on out. Come on out. In Jesus' name. Come on out. Come on out in the name of Jesus. Come on out. Come out of him. Come out of him. Come out of him. Come out of him in Jesus' name. Come on out. You got to come out. There's no place for you to stay. Father, we thank you for releasing the fire of God. Ha, ha. Thank you for releasing the fire of God into every place. Every place where the witchcraft is. Every place. Every place. Every place. Every nook and every cranny. Thank you for the holy fire of God burning it out in Jesus' name. Burning it out, 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 burning out, burning out the witchcraft in Jesus' name. Come out of God's people. Come out of God's people. Come out of God's people. Hey, Come out of God's people in Jesus' name. Witchcraft. Come out of God's people in Jesus' name. Come up and out. Witchcraft. Come up and out. In Jesus' name, witchcraft, come up and out. Bound, cage, into the cage, to the feet of Jesus to be judged. Witchcraft, come out of God's people in Jesus' name. Anger, rage, anger, rage, hostility, madness, madness, malice, come out of God's people. Grudges, Araka. Unforgiveness, resentment. You're bound in Jesus' name. You're bound. Bitterness. Bitterness. Come out in Jesus' name. From the root. From the root. From the root. We curse it at the root. Come out in Jesus' name. Come on out. All that bitterness. Bitterness coming down the family lines. Bitterness over the past. Bitterness over the past. Bitterness over the present. Bitterness over our perception of the future. Yes, bitterness over our perception of the future. Come out of God's people. Come out of God's people. Yes, Lord. Oh, Lord, you have a good plan for us, for us to prosper, for us to do well, for us to, for us to succeed. You have a hope for us, Lord. So we throw away the lies of the enemy. And we receive your hope for us in Jesus' name. You have a great plan, not what the enemy came to engineer. 
You have a wonderful plan for us. And we reject the enemy's plan now. And we receive your plan in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Ha ha. A bright and new future, says the Lord. A bright and new future, says the Lord. Saints, reach out and grab that future God has for you. Yes, Lord, it's coming to pass. Hallelujah, we receive it. Amen. We overturn and empty all cauldrons and chalices upon the heads of the conjurers and the magicians. Amen. We bind Buddhist black magic, Santeria, Kabbalah, Egyptian, Chaldean, Hindu, Indian, African, European, Russian, Chinese. Arctic, Antarctic, North American, South American, everywhere on the globe, underneath the sea. Underneath the sea. Break up. Ooh, break up. Break up. Break up in Jesus' name. Break up in Jesus' name. Break up, break up, break up, break up, break up in Jesus' name. Oh, Satan, get out of the way in Jesus' name. Get out of the way. I command you in the name of Jesus. Get out of the way. Break up. Break up. Break up. From our position seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, I speak to the mountain and I command you to move in Jesus' name. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! We bind Caribbean. Jamaican, Latin American, black and white magic, we bind every order of magic and mystic arts. We bind all Morgellons attacks, and we return every attack to the senders. We bind the culture of corruption worldwide. We bind all free-flying devils, all evil spirits that take animal forms, all shape-shifting spirits. We bind every demon responsible for the dominion of sin in our culture. We bind impulsivity, inattention, racing mind, and hyperactivity. We bind the prince of the power of the air. And we return his powers to Jesus Christ. We bind the power of the dog and every abomination that's been committed. We bind the Lord of the flies and his agents, and we place them under the feet of the Lord Jesus. We bind the Mandela effect and all satanic ritual, abuse devils, and satanic worship, and witchcraft dedication. Every witchcraft dedication we burn in the fire of God in Jesus' name. Every witchcraft dedication. 
we burn to destruction in the fire of God in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. We bind all formations of bullflies and demonic insects. We bind all spiders in their webs. That are trapping them in their own webs. We bind the transference of evil spirits, spirits of infirmity, supplanting the gods of the people of the land, the gods of the groves, and every spirit that exalts logic, human reasoning, science, and demonic knowledge against the knowledge of God and makes man wise in his own eyes. We bind mammon and his agents. We bind all demons sent forth to intimidate, harass, manipulate, lie against, mock, wear down, infect, destroy, spy, sabotage, hinder, monitor, track, besmirch, block, distract, confuse, pervert, stifle, curse, expose, stop, defile, assassinate, corrupt, divide, undermine, confound, attack, reproach, despise, and reduce the effectiveness of the righteous in Christ Jesus. We return and loose these attacks to the senders according to the covenant. We bind the bondage of the generations of fools, the spirit of the fool, and the fool's anger in Jesus' name. Father, we take authority, dominion, and power over our past that was filled with We disconnect ourselves, Lord, with the sword of the spirit from the lineage of fools. In Jesus' name. The Bible says you take no pleasure in a fool. We'll no longer walk in those footsteps, Lord. We will follow you. Amen. We bind food, lust, and addictions in Jesus' name. We return to sender according to the covenant, all in every reprisal, retribution, counterattack, retaliation, all avenging, all blowbacks, all vengeance, every boomerang, each payback, and all requiting of our righteous warfare in Jesus' name. This includes every evil work, mark, right, ritual, ceremony, sacrifice, proclamation, pronouncement, vow, root work, or sin against us. Astral projections. Sending demons to us to work against us and against all that pertains to us, no demon, no wicked person, or unrighteous event left behind. Not one, no not one. Binding the inordinate use of conjugal rights in the name of Jesus Christ. Binding every juju and sending it back where it came from in the name of Jesus. Binding Haitian witchcraft in Jesus' name. back where it came from in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We bind all vampire spirits, voodoo, hoodoo, ancient arts, mystic rituals. Devils attending New World Order, New Age Movement, Great Reset, Make-Believe, Fantasy, Fables, Enchantments, Downright Lies, False Religions, Numerology, Horoscopes, Spirits and Works of the Oppressors, The Spirit and the Children of Disobedience, Martial Arts, Yoga, Transcendental Meditation, Antichrist, Ideologies and Doctrines, Jezebelic and Ahab, Spirits and Practices, Lewdness, Perversion, 
the outworking of vain deceit, death, spirit, spirits of destruction, chaos and mayhem, oppression, depression, anarchy, premonition, clairvoyance, ESP, telepathy, psychokinesis, bio-PK, out-of-body experiences, reincarnation, haunting, poltergeist, astral travel, psychic healing, demonic meditation, spirit guides, and defilement by wizards. You are bound in Jesus' holy name. We bind the king of crime, all of his agents, and all of his tactics in Jesus' name. We bind all human, demonic, blood, sexual, financial, animal, fecal, and soulish sacrifices in Jesus' name. We bind, especially the ones they're doing this season, Father, in Jesus' name. They're all bound in the name of Jesus. We bind all devils attached to idols and idolatry. We bind every form of rebellion, idolatry, root work, mind control, apathy, nature worship, deception, scoffing, error, worldly indoctrination, military spirits, rioting, abuse, all trolls, all fear, combative jealousy, fleshly ambition, the culture of corruption, weariness, betrayal, unfaithfulness, and temptation to sin. We bind Belial, Beelzebub, Baal, Molech, Basilic, Python, Neptune, Zeus, Apollyon, Kali, Isis, Osiris, all gods, goddesses, deities, ungodly one, mammon, atlas, Baphomet, and 72, and we chain you with eternal chains under darkness in Jesus' name. We undo the works of all demonic weapons, fireballs, poisons, voodoo pins and dolls, hot and cold spots, promptings, codes, triggers, charms, tumors, designs, and we return their afflictions to the worker of witchcraft and their pagan sources. We take authority, dominion, and power over the works of the Masonic order in Jesus' name. Every ceremony, every ritual, every rite, the powers they use, and the associated organizations. We bind them in the name of Jesus Christ, and we strip them of their powers in Jesus' name. We hand them to Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Amen. That's illegal. We bind every spirit that was familiar to the Laodiceans. We bind the pride and foolishness of our own opinions and the works of errors in our lives. We return and loose all the retaliations of the enemy upon his own head according to the scriptures. We bind all traditions and customs rooted in sin. We denounce and renounce them all and loose ourselves from them. We bind the gang stalkers and send their fear, harassments, and witchcraft back on their own heads as well as on their and their mind control. We bind the spirit of slumber in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, that you have given us power over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm us. We rejoice with you that our names are written in heaven. We bind every spirit that denies the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ and his blood atonement on the cross of Calvary. Father, we ask for eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to believe, and minds to receive what the Spirit of God says to the church. We bind dullness of mind, dullness of hearing, dullness of spiritual perception in Jesus' name. We are awake and alive and alert to you, Lord, in Jesus' name. We repent of an evil heart of unbelief, and we ask you, Father, to teach us to guard our hearts with all diligence. Lord, we've come to loose the bands of wickedness, undo heavy burdens, let the oppressed go free, to break every yoke and chain and to call for justice and plead for truth. Lord, develop in us a love for the truth. Lead us into truth. Your word is truth. Make us to know the truth, and your truth will make us free. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Lord, we've come to celebrate the scriptures with you. 
and to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. We will not turn back from pursuing the enemy. We will not turn back from pursuing the enemy. We will not turn back from pursuing the enemy until the Godhead does. The Lord Jesus Christ is our commander-in-chief and whom we obey and serve. We disconnect from ourselves, Lord. Every unclean spirit that has followed us, attached itself to us, even if it attached themselves to our pet, in Jesus' name. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem, for kings, for all who are in authority, and all true Christians everywhere, especially those that have been persecuted and left behind in Afghanistan. Though we walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive us. You will stretch forth your hand against the wrath of our enemies, and your right hand shall save us. We want to thank you for that. Amen. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, and him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flies by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come near thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high thy habitation, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come near thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against the stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder, the young lion and the dragon, shalt thou trample under feet. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Now, Father, I release Psalm 91 over everyone in this congregation in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. That song just came up out of my spirit. And so maybe by the end of the day, I'll have some more words to go with that song. Amen. Praise the Lord. Oh, got to do this for God about you. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's a great day in the kingdom. What did you say? Oh, you are thank you. Yes, it's a great day in the kingdom. You know. When I was a little girl, before the advent of dishwashers in almost every house, women used to stand at their sink, wash their dishes, look out the kitchen window, and worship the Lord. That's what I'm used to. 
Amen. It didn't matter who was saying what or what they thought. You could stand there and wash your dishes. You could stand there and pluck the feathers off the chicken. You could stand there and de-string your pole beans. You could wash your collard greens. And you could worship the Lord. Those were the good old days. Amen. Oh, praise the Lord. You see, you can sit in your kitchen with a pan full of of string beans or peas that have to be shelled. And while you're shelling them, you can worship the Lord. That's some of the best worship in the world. That's some of the best worship in the world. While you're sweeping off your front porch and you're shooing something out of your flower bed that has no business being there to begin with, that's some of the best worship in the world. While you're sitting there behind your sewing machine and then you have to do some hand stitching, That's the best time in the world to worship the Lord. You can worship the Lord while you're cleaning the commode. Did you know that, saints? It's not the world's greatest job, but it sure is some great worship. See, Jesus is with you everywhere. Remember, you're in him. You are in him. In him. And he's there all the time. And you're wrapped up in him all the time. So if you have to mop the floor or you have to sweep out the garage or you have to rake the leaves or mow the lawn, no matter what it is, that's a wonderful time to worship. Amen? That's a wonderful time to worship. There's nobody there to get on your nerves. There's nobody there to get in the way. Jesus is listening to every breath, and he's receiving your worship. Amen? Amen. Even when it's time to wash the car. Somebody didn't like that, but it's okay. See, you can make any task better with Jesus. Amen? Well, today. Jesus says he will heal us. He will heal us. He will heal us. Amen. Okay, somebody's already talking about cornbread. Let's get off the collard drink. Amen. Amen. You know, in this fast, you could have collard greens. See there? Jesus loves you. Okay, you have to wait for something. By faith and patience, we inherit the promises. Healing is the process of being made sound, well, and healthy and cured. You know, when they cure me in the smokehouse, it takes a long time. There's got to be some heat applied. It's not out in the public. It's in the dark, right? 
But once the door is open and the light comes in, what a wonderful blessing comes from the other side of the door. Whether it be healed of a physical affliction or freed from guilt, grief, troubles, and evil, for several months now, we have been seeking the Lord as a church for the members of Miracle Outreach Ministries to be healed in their body, including weight loss or weight gain, whichever you prefer. As your pastor, I believe that we will achieve better results as we stand together in unity and in love. This request to the Lord will continue to be important in our fast, and I am now extending it into our daily prayer time. Amen? I am aware that most people focus their prayers on their own life, yet the opportunity is here for us to grow. I am asking every member of Miracle Outreach Ministries to pray for the healing of the other members of the church before, before, before you pray for your own healing on a daily basis. I am asking every member of Miracle Outreach Ministries to pray for the healing of the other members of the church before you pray for your own healing on a daily basis. Church, it's time to grow. Me and mine must give way to us together, united in God's love. Self must decrease so that the Holy One can increase within us. This is my hope and prayer for this church. Every member ought to be made whole. It shouldn't be one person getting healed over here and one person getting healed over there and one person waiting forever because they don't realize what their hindrance is. We all need to come together. Amen? I believe we'll have greater success and more powerful healing if we do this together. Jesus died for us to walk in divine health. Divine health, not continually having to get healed every other week, every other week, every other week. No. Divine health. That's what sinless blood did. He shed his precious blood for us to take hold of all of his salvation. I am asking you to do an act of faith. I am asking you to do an act of faith. It is simple. Yes, you can do it. This is an individual and personal matter. Email pastor 
at gproom at outlook.com. Yes, I said gproom at outlook.com. Now, don't get upset if you can't email me. Some people don't have access to that. You can always take out a piece of notebook paper and write down what I'm going to ask you about, and you can mail it to me at P.O. Box 2715, Jacksonville, Florida, 32203, USA. I'm not moving next week. Amen? Feel safe. The title of the email or the heading of your paper is healing. This is what I want you to write. List your name. I think you know what that is. List your first name and your last name, no matter how many last names you have. List your first name and your last name. Then, you need to list your need for healing. Now, this is not a time to tell me when you got it, how you got it, how long you've had it, none of that. Just one, two, three, four, five, however many you have. Short, brief, to the point, just the name. List your need for healing. Example, number one, nosebleed. Number two, broken toe. Number three, cancer. And that's the way you do it. No explanation, no time, no who you think you got it from or who you think breathed on you and that's how, uh-uh, none of that. Just number one, nosebleed. Number two, broken toe. Number three, cancer. Just like that. And that's all. Then you send it to me. You can do that. That's simple. Everybody. It doesn't matter how old or how young you are. That's all you got to do. And if you can't email me, then you can mail it to me. But that's what Pastor wants. Amen? Praise the Lord. List only the name of your own affliction. No, you may not make out a list for everybody in your family. This is for you and you alone. I do not need to know when it started, how it happened, etc. Just the name. No more, no less, nothing else, please. That's it. Thank you. Well, I don't know what the doctor called it. Okay, then you ask the Holy Spirit what to call it. If it's that pain on the side of your left leg, then you write pain on the side of the left leg. Bam, that's it. You don't have to be technical. Just get to the point. Amen. Our God is the same yesterday and today and forever. Our God is the same yesterday and today and forever. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. Amen. Jesus Christ the same yesterday and today and forever. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, and today and forever. You can count on this. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, and today 
and forever. Amen. Malachi chapter 3, verse 6. Malachi chapter 3, verse 6. Go to the end of the Old Testament and pull back a couple of pages. You'll be at Malachi. Malachi chapter 3, verse 6. For I am the Lord. I change not. I am the Lord. I change not. I am the Lord. I change not. Book of Psalms, right smack in the middle of the Bible. Psalms 107, Psalms 107, verse 20. Psalms 107, verse 20. Amen? He sent his word. He sent his word. No, he did not send carrots in the backyard. He sent his word. Amen? He sent his word and healed them. You're not going to get healed apart from his word. Amen? So for all who might be listening that don't ever read the Bible, wake up. It's a new day. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them. So you're not going to get delivered apart from the word either. I know there are some people that think their Bible belongs in a certain place in the house. And the only time you go past it is when you're dusting. But that's not what a Bible is for. A Bible is a book of instruction. It's a book of truth. It's a book of teaching. It's a book of wisdom. It's a book of correction. It's a book of life. Amen? And you're not going to get blessed by dusting it. Until the words on the page become flesh in your life, that's when you get it. It's like the food on your plate. Until you put it in your mouth, chew it up, and swallow it, you don't get the benefits from it. The Bible is also a workbook. It teaches you how to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. It's a workbook. That means you've got to do something. You can't just say, I read the Bible. No, the Bible has to go inside of you. It's got to bring change inside you. And you've got to do something with the changes that it brings. So let's go to Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 30. Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 17. Jeremiah, chapter 30, verse 17. And the Lord says, for I will restore health unto thee. I will restore health unto thee. And I will heal thee of thy wounds, saith the Lord. I will heal thee. Of thy wounds, all you all running around here with these broken hearts, you need to highlight that. 
People will hurt your feelings, but don't let them steal your faith. For I will restore health unto thee, and I will heal thee of thy wounds, saith the Lord. Because they call thee an outcast, saying, This is Zion, whom no man seeketh after. So what if they rejected you? Jesus didn't. Jesus didn't. Praise the Lord. Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9. Verse 34. Acts, the book of Acts, A-C-T-S, chapter 9, verse 34. Jesus Christ maketh thee whole. Jesus Christ maketh thee whole. Arise. Jesus Christ maketh thee whole. Arise. Get up out of your pity part. Get out out of your depression. Get up out of your confusion. Get up out of your backwardness. Get up out of your foolishness. Get up out of your sin. Jesus Christ is here, and Jesus Christ maketh thee whole. Arise. Arise. Get up from where you've been. He's calling you to the next place with him. Jesus Christ. Didn't say anything about your doctor. Do you notice your doctor's name isn't there? Says Jesus Christ, make it thee whole. Arise. Make thy bed. Quit laying around in the mully grub, crying and feeling sorry for yourself and whining over spilled milk yet again. Says this one arose immediately. He'd had enough of that. He had enough of being depressed, and every day looked like it was gray, even though the sun was shining, and it's 90 degrees outside. Amen? Amen. So throw that off. The garbage man comes by at least once a week. You know how to dump it. Amen? You've been dumping stuff and letting somebody else take it away for a long time. Do it again. If you have to take a faith walk to your garbage can every week and dump that old mess over in there and turn around and go back in your house, then you do that every week till you get there. Amen? You say, well, Pastor, that doesn't make sense. It does to God, and it will to you. All that old stuff, you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda, even though it didn't. I wish... And I wonder what would have happened if we had, and all of that stuff that just it's just not going to produce a thing. Walk to your garbage can, pull the lid back, drop it in, put the lid back on, go back to what you were doing. Amen? You've got things to do and a God to pray. If all of that junky stuff had continued, would you still be going to heaven or would you have backtracked to hell? Okay, amen. First Corinthians chapter eleven. First Corinthians chapter eleven. 
You know, I was talking to the Lord about that not too long ago. I was talking to him about some people I knew in the past that I dumped in the garbage can. I said, Lord, if I had kept that one, I wouldn't be preaching now. He agreed. But you see, the garbage man comes in my neighborhood at least once a week. Isn't that good? Amen. So I was happy about that. You ought to be happy too. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, beginning with verse 23. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. You do not see Jesus sitting there whining and, and mully grubbing and crying and weeping and in deep sorrow because he was betrayed. No, he took the next step of faith. He took bread. And when he had given thanks, did you see what he did? He gave thanks. And then he broke it and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. That's what you do when they betray you. You don't wait till the next day. You get up right then and go find you some communion. You stand right there and forgive. And then you proceed to take your communion and you do it in remembrance of him. Amen? Because there are going to be some more people that betray you. You're just getting warmed up. That's all. That's the way it is on this planet. People aren't the best folks they could be. But, but nonetheless, he overcame. You will too. Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8, beginning with verse 16. Matthew chapter 8, beginning with verse 16. Woo! Matthew chapter 8, beginning with verse 16. When the even was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils. Sounds like a party to me. And he cast out the spirit with his words and healed all that were sick, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, himself took our infirmities. And bear our sickness. Himself took our infirmities. And bear our sicknesses. Himself took our infirmities. And bear our sicknesses. We don't have to keep this mess. It's not ours to keep. It's ours to pass along. Jesus said his body was broken for us. For us. When you take communion, remember, he did this for me. It's personal. It's personal. First Peter chapter 2. First Peter chapter 2. First Peter chapter 2, verse 24. First Peter chapter 2, 
verse 24. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. You know, when you got to grow your own tree so that you can be crucified, that's interesting thought. You have to actually grow your own tree for somebody to cut it down, make it into a cross, so you can get up on it and die. Sometimes you might want to try to look at it from his point of view. Not just your point of view, his point of view. You've got to grow your own tree. It's not like you went shopping to the cross store and you went through the lumber yard and said, I like this cross right here. No, it didn't happen that way. It wasn't that nice. And there was no sophistication in it whatsoever. Came out and put together a cross. Yes, it had splinters, in case you were wondering. No, they did not sandpaper the thing down. It was a rugged cross. It wasn't all spiffed up. No, you couldn't have found it on the strip in Las Vegas anywhere. No, they didn't shellac it. Didn't have any varnish. It was raw and rugged. So when you see all these pretty crosses, you know, in the Christian jewelry store, you know, just say, that was a nice song, and keep moving because that's not what he died on. The one he died on was not comfortable at all. It didn't come with a nice chain that you could put around your neck. That's not the one. So, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sin, see that part? We, being dead to sin, that's how we're supposed to live. We being dead to sin. The next time you see a court, if you go up to it and try to engage in a conversation, it's not going to respond because it's dead. There's no life there. And that's how we're supposed to be to our sin. You know, when they make you mad, you no longer want to hit them in the face. Why? Because we're being dead to sin. We just have to remember that. We have to remember that part. Should live unto righteousness. Why? Why should we live unto righteousness? Because we're dead to sin. And by whose stripes ye were healed. You've already got healing released to you. So you should be living in this what we call righteousness the other day. Why? Because there have been strikes that have already been taken for whatever you're about to step into. The strikes already took care of that. 
wherever you've been, whatever you're in, and whatever you're about to step into, the stripes are already there. They're already there. You see, your Heavenly Father took care of everything, everything. There was no detail he left undone. He's taking care of your past, your present, and your future too. Jeremiah 32:27. Jeremiah 32:27. Behold, I am the Lord. I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? I am the Lord. Pay attention now. I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Okay, so now you have to answer him. See, there's a question mark there. That means you have to talk to Jesus. You have to answer the question. You have to look into his wonderful face, and you have to understand that he's saying to you, pay attention, pay attention. I'm talking to you. I am the Lord, the God of all flesh, and he's asking you personally, is there anything too hard for me? So you can't just stand there with your mouth hanging open. You've got to answer it. He's waiting for your answer. Because you know as soon as something happens, then you go into your act, I call it. You know the act, the nervousness, the anxiety, the worry, the fear, the dread the panic, the hysteria. There's a day to pull the curtain and stop doing that act anymore. It's been done enough times. The audience has seen it. They could explain to you what you're about to say in the next two minutes. They've heard it over and over and over again. So the next time it comes around, just skip that act and go to the next one. Amen? That's a place you don't have to do every act that's in it. You know, your child could be out there doing something, and you're on worldwide TV watching your child about to do something terrible. You do not have to go into hysteria. You can plead the blood of Jesus. Think about it. You can turn on the TV and the news is on and you can see your child acting like a nut, doing something you did not teach them to do. And that if they keep going up, you have to go get them out of jail. Well, you don't have to go into hysteria. You can be real simple about it. Jesus! Amen? 
Praise the Lord. His name's been working all this time. His name has been working all this time. I don't see that it could possibly fail you now. Amen. Mark chapter 9, verse 23. Mark chapter 9, verse 23. Mark chapter 9. You know that, thank you, Holy Spirit. That reminds me of that Friday night. I came to church and Pastor Pat went into the pulpit. And she stood there and looked at us and she said, they called just before I left the house. And Catherine's been in a wreck. And the car is flipped over several times. And they can't find her body. They can't find her body. We didn't go into this long, oh, heavenly Father, mm-hmm, come by here now. No, we didn't go there. We went straight to the name. They couldn't find her body. She went off in a ravine. Nobody could see her at all. We had to pray for God to uncover where her body was. We had to call on the name of Jesus Christ because it was a wooded area. Nobody could see her. And we prayed about that aspect until the Lord released us from that aspect. And then a trucker came by, one of those semi-things. And because he was up so high, he could see where her body landed. And she was pronounced dead on arrival at the hospital. She was pronounced dead on arrival at the hospital. But her mother was here in Jacksonville, standing up in the pulpit. And the whole church was interceding and praying. Binding the devil, calling on Jesus to do what must be done. And we didn't back off. We didn't back up and we didn't back down. We had to pray for those people to work on her and work on her and work on her and work on her and for Jesus to make a way for life to come back into her body. We had to call that girl out of wherever her soul went back into her body because she was gone from this life. And we didn't quit till she was in her body again. You see, this is not the time to do your usual act again. This isn't the time to go into hysteria. This isn't the time to lose it. This is the time to know the power of the name of Jesus. This is the time to know the power of his blood. Her mother was not shaking in her shoes. Her mother was walking in the power of God. 
But when your time comes, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You know, some of you, you met some tough circumstances. And we didn't put the Global Prayer Warriors prayer room up there accidentally. It was the design and purpose of Almighty God. It's there for you to use it. If you don't use it, then what? I don't know what to say. His name is God the Holy Spirit. He wrote the Bible. He can tell you what to say. I don't know any scriptures. Just open the Bible. It's full of them. Use whichever one you find. You see, there's a time to be dead to your sin. There's a time to be dead to your panicking, your anxiety, your fear, your worry, your stress, you know, your usual thing you do. At some, time, at some point, you've got to kill that thing off because your challenge is coming to you. And you can't do what you usually do. You've got to finally get up, stand up in the power of Jesus Christ. Your day is coming. You just better be ready when it does. You can stop all of that foolishness about how weak you think you are. No, you understood that the other night. You're in him. You might want to remember that. Praise the Lord. In Mark chapter 9, verse 23, Mark chapter 9, verse 23, Jesus said unto him, Say, Jesus is saying unto me, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Okay, so now, between now and the next fast, you get to memorize Mark 9.23. There you are. You get to preach Mark 9.23 to yourself while you're brushing your teeth. You can remember that. Just before you drop the toothpaste on the floor, you'll get it. Amen. Somebody's giggling at me. That's okay. I'm human. It's all right. I'm used to being. <laughs> Second Chronicles seven fourteen. Second Chronicles seven fourteen. Second Chronicles chapter seven, verse fourteen. Chronicles capital C. H-R-O-N-I-C-L-E-S, 2 Chronicles, chapter 7, verse 14. If my people, he didn't say anything about the heathen, didn't say anything about the Satanists, didn't say anything about the wicked. He said, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves, didn't say he was coming to do it for you, and pray, 
and seek my face. And here it is, turn from their wicked ways, plural, from their wicked ways, plural, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. So now, for a long time now, we've been walking through this particular scripture as a ministry. And God is healing our land. God is actually healing our land, and we're seeing it. He's not doing it the way we thought he was going to do it, not by a long shot. He's doing it his way. Amen. Isaiah chapter 19, verse 22. Isaiah chapter 19, verse 22. Amen. You know, some people need a wake-up call. Isaiah chapter 19, verse 22. And the Lord shall smite Egypt. You know, he is the Lord thy God who smites. He shall smite and heal it. And they shall return even to the Lord. And he shall be entreated of them and shall heal them. Some people, some people, like somebody we heard about on the road to Damascus, had to discover this part about Jesus, that he smites and then he heals. He has to get our undivided attention because we're such strong-willed people that we charge ahead anyway. But he declares that after he smites, he'll heal. And then they'll return to him. And then he'll receive their prayers and heal them. Amen. Because some of us would be dead if this scripture wasn't here. And that's just the plain truth. Saints, healing is a process. It's a process. You know, I thought I understood long time ago when the Lord told me this, I was standing in the entrance in my house. And I was asking him a certain question, and he said, it's a process. I said, is there a shortcut? He said, fasting and prayer. This kind come not forth, as he has said. So I never complained about fasting again in my life after that. This is a process. No, you cannot hit your phone, and then it just happens. The curtains of life roll back, and then everything is just the way you always know. It's not like that. Come out of that little lie you're telling yourself, and let's walk in the real life with Jesus Christ. 
Healing is a process. A process is a continuing development involving many changes, many steps, and many operations. A process is a continuing development involving many changes, many steps, many operations. In this case, one of the operations is personal maturity. One of the operations is personal maturity. Another is the development of your faith. And to tell you the truth, they work hand in hand. Both are essential. We must learn to become steadfast. Learn. That means it's a process. James chapter 1. James chapter 1, beginning with verse 6. James chapter 1, beginning with verse 6. But let him ask in faith. He didn't just say ask. He said ask in faith. Nothing wavering. For he that wavereth, is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tall. You say, what's, what's that mean, Pastor? Um, look on the Weather Channel. Sooner or later, they'll show it to you. They'll show you this sea in tempest. It's going, and you'll see all these foamy white. And they'll be coming in in rapid motion. And the wind will be forcing them. And nobody will have control over them. They can be ferocious. Mm-hmm. He says, for he that wavereth is just like that. He's here, he's gone, and then he's just... For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in how many of his ways? All his ways. So Jesus is looking for some, some stability, some steadfastness, some unmovable. Take a stand and stand. Having done all, stand. Not here one minute, there the next minute. That's what he said. We must grow beyond feeling like quitting. We must grow beyond, not act, beyond. Feeling like quitting. Remember, you're supposed to be dead to your feelings anyway. Remember that, Court? You're supposed to be dead to that. 
The day you show up and that corpse sits up and talks to you, you either cast that thing out in Jesus' name or you run for the door. Try, try, try the casting that thing out first. <laughs> Don't run over the funeral director, okay? <laughs> Amen. I don't want to hear that one of my church members took off running and nobody's caught him yet. <laughs> That's just not good. We must become resolute. I mean it. Don't be doing the 50-yard dash at nobody's funeral, okay? Just don't do that to me. We must become steadfast. Well, Pastor, I, I thought I saw it move. I'm like, mm-mm, child. No, you didn't. We must be done with wishy-washy, being changeable, or according to the test results. They said, and so I'm going to ask you, they who? You know, I, I went to the clinic, and I went, to, and they told, sent me down to the testing, and they told me to do this and do that, and the results supposed to come back and this and that. I said, what did Jesus say? They can go through whatever they have to go through. But my question to you is, what did Jesus say? Let them do what they have to do. That's what they're trained to do. But my question to you is, what did Jesus say? Did you get a word from the Lord? Amen? Did you get a word from the Lord? You see, it's got to be a point where our emotions don't come in and go back out. One minute, you're standing firm on the word. And you're going through life, and then you see something happen, and it triggers this thought, and then all of a sudden, you're off the word, and you're back in your emotion. That's got to die. You got to realize it's already been crucified. Amen? Then, you can't go into this world that you usually go into called, well, I thought the spirit of truth lives within you. Did you vet that thought with him? Did you put that thought to the test with him? He's the spirit of truth. Did you ask him if this was the truth? Did you bind it to see what happened once you bound it? Did you tell it it had to go under the feet of Jesus? Did you do any of these things that we teach you to do? You know, it's wonderful to be taught, but then it's time for application. When the test comes, nobody's teaching then. It's time for you to do what you know. You have been taught how to bind your own defeating thoughts. You have been taught how to bind your own defeating thoughts and to loose the word of God over you. So do it. Do it. Do what you know to do. You've been taught. You practice it when it's convenient for you. Well, now do it all the time. 
take responsibility for your own part of the healing process. Now, Jesus has said to us that for those of us that this is what we need, regular aerobic exercise has been called for. He is not going to come to your house and put your tennis shoes on your feet. It's just real. He's not coming to go dig through wherever you threw them the last time to see if they're smelly or not. He's not doing that part. That's your part. He's not going to make you open the front door so you can get out of the house and go do what you need to do. You have to do that part. You have responsibility in this matter. Amen? Praise the Lord. God will work with you, but you have to take responsibility for your part of the healing process, whatever your part happens to be. You must be doing the word, doing the word. Let's go to James chapter 2, verse 20. James chapter 2, verse 20. James chapter 2, verse 20. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? I have faith to lose weight. Okay, well, along with that, you need faith to go find your tennis shoes. If they don't smell nice, you need faith to do something about that. You need faith to put them on your feet, and hopefully you dress the rest of you as well. You need faith for that. You need faith to get your act together so you can go presentably out the front door. Don't I want anybody sending me no pictures? So I went, no, she didn't either. I know she didn't do that. Mm-mm, don't do that. Amen. Presentably, you have to be presentable. Your teeth should have already been brushed by then. Amen. And then you do what God has prescribed for you to do. Amen. It doesn't matter if they honk at you or if they don't. If they holler, hey, baby, or they say something ugly. None of that has anything to do with what you are supposed to be doing. You stick to your responsibility in the matter. James chapter 2, verse 26. James chapter 2, verse 26. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Sitting up having all this faith, but you still don't do what you need to do about it, that doesn't produce fruit. Amen? Your faith is just as dead till you activate it. It needs some activator. Remember they used to have Jerry Curl, and you used to have to put some activator on that stuff for it to work. 
Okay, well, you need some activator for your face. Your car will not start by you trying to open the door and you're down there at the tires trying to do it. It doesn't work that way. You have to get up there by the door. Okay? That's important. James chapter 2, verse 18. James chapter 2, verse 18. Thou hast faith, and I have work. Show me thy faith without thy work, and I'll show thee my faith by my work. You're sitting on your blessed assurance saying, I have faith, but you haven't done a thing with it. And I'll show you my faith by the works that I have done. Amen. What do I mean doing the word? I mean that you must maintain, maintain. I didn't say get to. I said maintain a strong, active expectation from God. You must maintain a strong, you know those passwords they ask you to make. They tell you on there if it's weak, if it's okay, or if it's a strong password. You got to get to strong. You got to make it to strong, okay? Whatever password you were trying to use, you got to change it till it says strong. You have to maintain a strong, active. It, you can't be in it one minute and two weeks later you've forgotten about it. Strong, active, expectation from God. See, your expectation has to be on fire. Our God is an all-consuming fire. Your expectation has got to be hot and burning. If it's not, he'll help you. But that's where it's got to be. It can't be that, you know, kind of so-so. You know when you're cooking and you taste it and it doesn't have enough seasoning. And so you got to go back and add some more seasoning and let it cook a little bit more and then come taste it again. And then you can determine if it's got the right amount of seasoning or if it doesn't. And if it doesn't, you have to keep working till you get it to the right place. That's for those who've learned how to cook, that is. If you're still doing an air fryer, well, we'll pray for you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. Jesus said he always did those things that please the Father. Always. You never saw a time when Jesus' faith didn't work. Why? Because he always did what pleased the Father. He walked in 100% obedience. Wow, really? Seriously? For he that cometh to God must 
believe. Highlight must believe. It's not optional. He must believe that God is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Not passively, not in compromise, diligent seeking. And he rewards. We know that. We hear the testimony. I mean that you must grow to stand your ground in faith and in trusting the Lord. You've got to grow to the point that you can stand your ground. Numbers 23, 19. Numbers 23, 19. Numbers chapter 23, verse 19. God is not a man that he should lie. I'm so glad about that. Neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? There are two question marks here. You will need to answer Jesus Christ at each question mark. God is not a man that he should lie. He's not a liar. Neither the son of man that he should repent. He's done no wrong. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? You know, there was a time when we didn't use credit. All you had to do was be a man of your word. And you had to substantiate your own name. Your own name was built by building a reputation of being faithful and trustworthy and honest. People don't do that anymore. They're as crooked as they can be. But you see, that was the right standard. People were trusted by their word. I had someone to do some work for me years ago. We didn't even do a handshake. There was no paperwork involved. We agreed before the throne of God, and that was it. We agreed in my yard before the throne of God. That person was a Christian. I was a Christian. We called the Lord to witness, and that was it. But you see, nowadays that standard is gone where? Because we let it slip. We let that slip. Acts chapter 27, verse 25. Acts chapter 27, verse 25. Acts chapter 27, verse 25. You need to be on your phones now. Acts chapter 27, verse 25. You need to be on your phones now. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God, that it shall be even as it was told me. Whatever God has said to you, you need to believe that what he said is so. 
You need to believe it. Romans chapter 3, verse 4. Romans chapter 3, verse 4. Romans chapter 3, verse 4. God forbid. Yes, let God be true, but every man a liar. Let God be true, but every man a liar. As it is written, that thou mightest be justified in thy sayings and mightest overcome when thou art judged. Wow. That means you need to believe God, and whoever doesn't agree with him, you need to count them as a liar. Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Verse 23, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Remember a long time ago, we talked about confession, the confession of our faith. Then we talked about professions not too long ago from a different point of view. He's saying here, let us hold fast. What does that mean? Hold on and don't let go. Hold on and don't let go. Hold on and don't let go. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith. What does that mean? That means Jesus said in the Bible he already died for my healing. He already purchased it. It's already mine. By his stripes I'm already healed and I'm not changed. Without wavering, without, oh, Lord, it hurts so bad today. No, but body, did you understand what I said? You've been healed. Act like it in Jesus' name. For he is faithful that promise. Okay, you've been prayed for. All right, it doesn't hurt now. Okay, I'm healed. Okay, the devil's just waiting. That's all he's doing. He just waits. Then about a week and a half later, you feel this pain back in the same place. Well, I guess I'm not healed. That's called wavering. No, what you're supposed to say is, devil, listen, I am already healed. By his stripes, I have been healed. Get off my body now in Jesus' name. I've already got my healing, and you're not going to steal it. I'm healed. Leave me alone now in Jesus' name. Go into the cage now in Jesus' name. And if that thing wants to give you a hard time, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to release my angel to do what he needs to do to make this devil come subject to the name of Jesus Christ. And by the way, Father, there's this place in the Bible called the Lake of Fire. Maybe this one wants to visit. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Romans chapter 4, verse 19. Romans chapter 4. Now, I want to talk about these nice little people here. I, I want to talk about this lady. 
Because you see, she had a serious condition. Romans chapter 4, and I'm going to begin at verse 19. This lady had a serious condition. It was serious. It was nothing to joke about. She laughed about it one day, but it wasn't really that funny. And in verse 19, Romans chapter 4, verse 19, it says, and, not, and being not weak in faith. What does not weak in faith mean? Means strong in faith. He considered not his own body now dead. What do you mean his own body now dead? It means... Things weren't rising the way they used to. Let's put it that way. Things had turned south, and they'd been that way a long time. Now, is that tactful enough for you? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Not yet, but I'll get there. When he was about a hundred years old, When he was about a hundred years old, he'd given up on that part. You know, it was a nice memory from the past, but that was gone now. Neither yet the deadness, D-E-A-D, net, the condition of death of Sarah's womb. It was past the resurrection period, let's call it that or at least so they believe. He staggered not. See that wavering, that going in it? He didn't stagger. He didn't stagger. He kept going till he got to the point he wasn't staggering. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. That's how you waver. That's how you know you aren't in faith yet because you still have doubt, fear, and unbelief. He staggered not. You know how a drunk person staggers? He wasn't doing that. He had steady steps of faith. Steady steps, yes. You know, when they do that alcohol breathalyzer thing and they tell you to walk the line and you don't miss a beat, there it is. You line up with the plumb line. He staggered not at the promise of God. That was a staggering promise at first. Through unbelief. He believed God no matter what the condition was. Because they went, I don't know how he's going to do this one. But was strong in faith, giving glory to God. But he promised me, and he can't lie. And being fully persuaded, you got to get there being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. No, God wasn't talking hot air. He didn't have no wolf ticket. He's well able to do what he said he could do, and he did. They tried to help him out, and they found out he didn't need their Ways and Means Committee. He could do it by himself. He was God all by himself. They had to learn that. 
It was a process. They had to fall on their faces first before they got there. But eventually they got there. Because Isaac was born, and God got the last laugh. You see, when God says, I'm going to do this, and you go, "Uh uh-huh, yeah. (laughs) You know you do that. Don't laugh. Don't laugh. Sarah tried that. (laughs) It didn't work. Don't go there. God expects you to act on the faith that you already have. You don't get to more faith till you use what you have. Second Corinthians chapter five verse seven. Second Corinthians chapter five verse seven. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith. We live by faith. We trust by faith, not by sight. Not by what my feelings are this morning. I haven't had my coffee yet. You're liable to feel anything before your coffee. We walk by faith, not by sight. You've been called out of that old life into the new life. In the new life, we don't walk by faith. It doesn't by sight. That doesn't work here. We walk by faith. Mark chapter 2, verse 11. Mark, you just read this. Mark chapter 2, verse 11. Mark chapter 2, verse 11. I say unto thee, arise and take up thy bed and go thy way into thine house. And what? Immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went forth before them all. Well, how did that happen? He took hold of what Jesus said to him, and he allowed it to penetrate him. And he believed it to the point that he did what Jesus said. And went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified, saying, we never saw it on this fashion. Never seen this one before. This is a new one for me. Amen. John chapter 4, beginning with verse 47. John chapter 4, beginning with verse 47. When he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea into Galilee, he went unto him and besought him that he would come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. It's interesting to see what people do in desperation. Then, verse 48, said Jesus unto him, Except ye see signs and wonders, Ye will not believe. Uh, I need a fleet. No, you don't. You got the word. He didn't send a fleece to heal you. He sent his word to you to heal you. I need a sign. I saw this on this marquee one. Okay, you okay? You've been looking for a sign. Here it is. Now what? 
You've been, and it was a church sign. It was a church marquee. You've been looking for a sign. Here it is. Now what? Verse 48. Then said Jesus unto him, Except ye see signs and wonders, ye will not believe. Okay, the Lord then showed you, he wants you to do this. I need a sign. So what I did was I took a picture of that, and I sent it to that person that was asking me about a sign. <laughs> the noble man never messed with me. <laughs> the noble man said unto him, Sir, come down, ere my child die. Like, you don't understand, Jesus, my child about to die. Now, he's standing there talking to the resurrection and the life. But he's saying, you don't understand my child's about to die. So he, it's, it's got to have a little growth here. And he ain't got long to get there. And Jesus said unto him, go thy way, thy son liveth. And the man, this is what the man decided to do. No helicopter came by with his, um, what do you call those things attached to the back of it? You know those, yeah, with a banner on it. No, they didn't have that back then. They didn't have helicopters. So you can't have the banner in the helicopter, okay? Jesus says unto him, go thy way, thy son liveth. And the man made a decision on the spot. The man believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto him, and he went his way. He didn't stand there, I need a sign. He didn't do that. He decided, okay. You said my son liveth, I got it, and I'm gone. On the spot, he didn't call a prayer meeting. He didn't call a watch night service. It was right then on the spot. And as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, Thy son liveth. You know, that night, that Friday night, we prayed till Alex called and said, Mom, they said they found her. Mom, they're working on her. Mom, she's, she's back. And the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto him, and he went his way. And as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, Thy son liveth. He didn't have a cell phone, but he got the message. Then inquired he of them the hour when he began to amend. And they said unto him, yesterday, at the seventh hour, the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at the same hour in the which Jesus said unto him, thy son liveth, and, here it is, and himself believed, and his whole
See, you can't practice unbelief whenever you feel like it and think when your challenge comes, you're going to be able to walk in faith. You know, there's a reason they have track and field people doing all this practice. There's a reason pianists take all this practice and they do all these scales and they do it for the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. That's how I can tell in the NBA they don't get enough practice because they miss too many times from the free throw line. Moving right along. <laughs> Moving right along. They're getting paid all this money and they miss from the free throw line. Something wrong. Anyway, you practice the exact same thing, doing it right, over and over and over and over and over and over, until it's first nature. You, there's no guess. There's no wonder. It's become literally a part of you. They used to wonder how Michael Jordan could do some of the things he did because what he was doing had become a part of him. How can he fly through the air and throw a ball at the same time and it goes into the knee? How can he do that? I was corrected. <laughs> How could he do that? Because inside him, he'd done it over and over, practiced it over and over and over again. So when it was time for the game, there was no question. It was in him. It consumed him, and he did it. It was over. And everybody, the sportscasters and everybody else having a fit, these men out there in three-piece suits, sweating, hollering, faces red as I don't know what, running and screaming, what's wrong with these people, Jesus? And, you know, I'm going through the commercials, flipping, and you stop and see these people going mad. What happened? Well, Michael Jordan did this. And then they're going to play it for you 99 more times. And they're going to say the exact same thing they said the first time. Only they're just as flabbergasted at 99 as they were at the first time. How can he do that? It's now in him. And you see, that's how faith is. If you practice wavering, when you meet your challenge, what's going to be in you is wavering, doubt, fear, unbelief. If you practice faith, when you get to your challenge, faith will be one with you. And it won't be a question when David comes up to Goliath what David's going to do. David's already practiced it with the bear and with the lion. So he already knows what he's about to do. And what does he do then? He executes what he's been practicing. That's how it works. So if you keep mouthing off all these things that are doubt, fear, and unbelief, when it's time for you to speak pure faith, you won't have it. You will not have deposited. You see, what you sow is what you reap. The abundance of the heart the mouth speaking. So you're either going to practice faith every day and then do some self-correct. Okay, self, that was, that was not it. Let's back up and start that over. You're going to practice till you get it right. So when you get to your test and you get to your challenge, 
It's in you. It's a part of you, and it comes out. That's how it works. It's not a mystery. It's the truth. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. Fight the good, the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. You're going to have to fight to get faith. You're going to have to fight to hold on to faith. You're going to have to fight to grow in faith. It's not like Cocoa Puffs. You can't go to the store, get a box off the shelf, take it home, and shove it in your mouth. It's not like that. You got to fight. If you don't like binding demons, you're never going to have faith the way you're supposed to. Why do you need to fight so you can lay hold on eternal life that you've been called to? and has professed a good profession before many witnesses. You've been up in the chat room just putting your scriptures. Okay, there's your profession before many witnesses. But now you got to duke it out. You understand? You don't have weapons of warfare to hang up in your closet. You're not going to walk down any any runway in New York City with your armor on. It's just not going to happen like that. Amen? Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17. And take the helmet of salvation. You know where it goes. It's got to cover that head when them squirrely thoughts try to limp, try to come. You got to do something about those things. And the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The sword of Yes, it is written. It is written. It is written. Jesus cussed the devil out in the world. He cussed? Yes. He said, it is written. There you go. You know, some of you, when you were little, you heard grown folks cussing. And you thought if you cussed, that would make you grown too. So you tried to repeat what you had no business repeating. And it got you in trouble too. But you see, Jesus gives you the right kind of cussing. Amen? He shows you how you're supposed to do it and who you're supposed to do it to. He says to Satan, it is written. Now, did you know how to cuss? Profess it. Brother Bill is turning red, y'all. Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. You know the devil running through your house messing over stuff and this tearing up and this is you need to stand there and tell him what for. You need to call him out from the dining room. Satan, let me tell you one thing. It is written. 
You need to tell him where to get off. Matthew chapter 4, beginning with verse 3. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the if, if thou be the Son of God. If you such a Christian, then why can't you you heard that? If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. It is written. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down. Here it is, smart mouth. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. He'll try to quote the word to you wrong. And it's about that time when you say, Satan, it is written again, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again, the devil wasn't through yet, you know. He wasn't through yet. He's going to try this one more time. Again, the devil taketh him up to an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world. And you can have this. You know how they used to do on that game show. And you can have this behind door number one and this behind door number two. You know all that foolishness they went through. And you can have this and this and this and this. Yeah, sure. And you lying, too. Again, the devil taketh him up to an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world, as if Jesus didn't make them to begin with, and the glory of them, and saith unto him, All these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down. Why is he going to fall down? When thou wilt fall down and worship me, then Jesus saith unto him, he should have left him alone. I keep telling you, Jesus Christ is nobody to trifle with. Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. See, you need to practice doing this. You need to practice doing this. You can do this while you're pumping the gas. Amen. You need to practice doing this. Psalm 34, verse 1. Psalm 34, verse 1. And after you finish the it is written, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Psalm 51, verse 
15. Psalm 51, verse 15. O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Psalm 66, verse 17. Psalm 66, verse 17. I cried unto him with my mouth. I cried unto him with my mouth. And he was extolled with my tongue. I called him holy. Your name is holy. Your name is righteous. Your name is peace. Your name is love. Your name is forgiveness. Your name is righteousness. Your name is salvation. So saying, you must use your will, and you must do your part. You must remain persistent. God is ready to act. Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. Philippians chapter 2, 13. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. It is God which worketh in you. See, you're not the only one doing something. God is at work. He's working inside you to get you to will to do his will and then to do what he wants you to do. Work with God. Work with God. Stop resisting the Holy Spirit. Work with God. Stand for the benediction. Now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, even our Father, which has loved us and has given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace. Comfort your heart and establish you in every good word and work. And Jesus says, church, say amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Jesus loves you. Do the word. Do the word. Do the word. Amen. Do the word, saints. You got it. Now run with it. Amen. Amen. Pastor loves you.
Thank you.